The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now, your hosts, Jess Navarez, Aisha Morrison, Kelsey Charles, and Jane Slater. What is up, everyone? <laughs> ho, ho, ho. All of the holiday greetings to everyone. You are listening to Girls Talk. Boys Talk. I am not Jane Slater. Indeed, I am Kelsey Charles, joined by Aisha Morrison and Jess Navarez. We are so pumped to hang out with you guys today on your last Girls Talk, Boys Talk, before the holiday, if you do celebrate Christmas, and if not, just happy holidays in general, and uh, happy Thursday before game day, because I'm feeling good about this one, guys, and I'm going to speak a win into existence because I cannot endure another one of last week. But we will go into the matchup this weekend, and we're going to give you guys some X's and O's, talk about some of the defensive matchups specifically, because I know that all eyes are on the defensive side of both teams going into this weekend. We'll talk about that in a moment, but I do actually want to lead off since we are in the celebration season, Pro Bowls were announced this week. And as you guys know, the format did change. There was, you know, it was the Pro Bowl game. They kind of did some things. And then we determined that, listen, Pro Bowlers aren't going to try and go and get hurt, get injured. It was just not something that people were enjoying watching anymore. How can we spice things up a bit? So now you're going to have the skill challenge format, AFC versus NFC. I do think it is brilliant because it is the Manning brothers. And if you are a fan of the Manning cast, like why not just continue to perpetuate all things Manning as an Archie Manning newly (laughs) minted fan signing week? Um, I am here for it. So the Cowboys have seven total guys that did make the roster this year. There is only one other NFC team that had as many as the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, listen, if you're looking for silver linings this season, not that we really need a ton of them, but I guess this week, more or less, that's actually a good sign. Uh, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, second timers uh, for the eighth time casual, Zach Martin, (laughs) Demarcus Lawrence, uh, third time. And the first timers, I thought of you immediately. Everyone did. First of all, Tony Pollard, we we could talk about that. But your guy, Turpin, made the cut. First player in Cowboys history to make it as solely a kicker and punt returner. I mean, are you just thrilled for him? I'm so excited for him. I mean, I'm excited for all of them, obviously. (laughs) All all very well-deserved. And we'll talk about some snubs that I I think happened, too. But for Cavante specifically, um, you know, what's funny is Aisha and I coming in as the rookies, if you will. (laughs) You just kind of talk to these rookie players, and and you you feel like you're in the same kind of timeline of, you know, you're just getting established and and knowing all the ropes and all of that. And so with these rookie players, you know, you really – you have a different kind of conversation with them. Like, I know Cavante and I, we've talked about – a million other things other than football, but I'm just 
so proud of him, especially coming <laughs> off of the muff punt that everybody was talking about. Sure. Good for him. Good for Cavante. He absolutely deserves it, and he deserves all the flowers, which I will die on that hill, guys. <laughs> I will die on I'll this die hill. I'll die on the Cavante Turpin hill. Nah, yo, I, I'm excited for Cavante Turpin, Tony Pollard. Like, it's about time. Guys. Yeah, I mean, Tony Pollard being involved in this offense and what he's meant to this mm-hmm. offense for him to start getting I'm just I'm happy that some of the guys are getting the recognition and then when you look at Demarcus Lawrence who I've been just uh, rooting for all season all of the things he's playing through and has been very vocal about playing through that he hasn't made a Pro Bowl in what three years and for him to get yeah. in this position and be there these guys have worked their tails off they work their tails off with Cavante Turpin I think it's good for people to see other USFL players to see that yep. they can go that route, that it's possible for them to get to this level in the league and to keep working. Yeah, it is a really great story, and I think it's really exciting for him. It is funny, though. Uh, I was looking at the list, and first of all, Zach Martin making his, his eighth time uh, to the Pro Bowl makes me feel really old. We're <laughs> um, the same age, and that in itself is just, like, terrifying. I think the one that was fun for me was the Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. You know, Turpin, I'm excited about, but yep. I, I knew you'd carry, you know, that baton for all of us. I got you. I'm carrying it. The Tony Pollard one, though, is really fun for me because yeah. Tony's been around for a minute with this team. He's very soft-spoken. He's one of those guys that puts his head down and just, you know, works his butt off. Mm-hmm. And I love that about him. And he's always been, you know, in recent years, he has gotten more and more credit for what he's been doing. But I really feel like, having him get this recognition I don't want to call it a change of the guard because that's not what's happening but I do feel like it is it's almost like cementing the status and cementing his position on this team and not just on this team but in this league where he you we've said it before he can go be a number one somewhere else right and I don't even know if I'd call him a number two here like I think I would just say we'd have two number one running backs but it's I just feel like this is a coming of age for him, if you will, or additional just, hey, listen, like, yeah, you are that guy that everyone has been saying, at least at Cowboys Nation, like, but, like, we are reaffirming that that much more. Yeah, and to add to that, even with Tony, when he was in college, you look at the roster he was on in Memphis – he had st- he had backs before him even then, you know. So for him to finally for this offense and this OC to finally get him involved this year, and for him to it's also a conversation. If you've looked at Zeke and uh, Tony's interview that they did recently, they Zeke was just very open about being humble and understanding that at this point in his career, what he's capable of, and and that they help each other. And I I agree with you. I think it's dope that. You looked at it in that way because I didn't, and that is a, a he. The league is on notice. People know who Tony is. I think they knew already, but now he has, I think, cemented himself as one of the best running backs in this league right now, mm-hmm. and that's exciting. And that's a dope way to look at it. Oh yeah, yeah. and I also think too when. Yesterday, when we were talking about Noah Brown and talking about a guy that waited until his number was called, Tony Pollard never had to really wait. I think their stories are completely different, but he slowly stepped up. So it wasn't like this huge jump that you're seeing from one year to the next. I mean, for those of us that have been paying attention to Tony Pollard since 2019, you you knew this moment was coming. But for the fact that he's getting the national recognition now that he absolutely deserves is just so incredible for him because that one-two punch is so powerful. It is so powerful. Um, um, and yeah, he's uh, he's on my list because he's uh, on that free agency list that's coming up during the off season. Why so you gotta say all yeah, no, come no, on, no, no, come no. on. Because for him as a player, it it adds more value for him too. Sure. To, to be like, look, listen, right. I am absolutely worth this money. 
give me my money. Like, yeah. he's absolutely worth it. So I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying it solidifies for him. It's another thing to add uh, to his resume, if sure. you will. Do football players have resumes? No, of course they do. There you go. Uh, it's another thing to add to his resume to say, hey, look, I'm worth every single penny that I'm going to get. And I love that for him. We put some respect on my man's name, and I am here for it. But on the flip side, with respect comes disrespect. And I do feel like there is some, uh, you know, I don't know, some snubs that might have happened. People that were left off this list. I cannot believe one of the names that I wrote down. And if y'all are anywhere on social media and you follow me, you will laugh. We know what it is. You will laugh about what I'm going to say, but I will not kick things off because I want to hear y'all's list of who you felt like just should have been on that list and be going to Las Vegas. Well, I'm sure you're... I know who hers is. Yeah. We're, it's, it's the same as... One of the same as mine. Okay, well, I'm a, I'm a number six stand. Hey, listen. Donovan Wilson has been one of the best safeties in the NFL this year. And I, f- I felt like he's been playing to that level. I think he was, at some point in time, he was, like, second in stops in the NFL. Like, he's played some fantastic ball. And he's, I think he's a, a, a alternate. Oh, yeah. He's an alternate. Yeah. But I felt a little disrespect. <laughs> with the, Yes, yes. You're like, go ahead and alternate me into that lineup. Yes, because at the same token where I mentioned Demarcus Lawrence, who doesn't have a whole bunch of sacks, but he's dominant in the run game, for him to get voted, you look at someone like Donovan, I'm like, do y'all not see him everywhere? He, he affects almost every level. Um, of the game and so um, I was disappointed in that but other than that well I know the other one so I'm well I'm 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 gonna save Kelsey's because I know uh, we agree with that one but I'm gonna say Leighton Vanderesh okay because Leighton has absolutely had a dominant year I mean just pulling up his stats right now from his rookie season and now of course they're not identical but you did kind of see a drop-off for Leighton from that rookie season to 2019 to 2020 2021 and then you see 2021 to 2022 and the jump that this man has taken and the season is not even over yet again we're we're um, not expecting to see him this weekend but the amount of impact that Layton has had within this defense has I think at the beginning of the season it went very unnoticed and we talked about that early I said keep an eye on Layton because he is not somebody to sleep on suddenly he starts getting all this recognition which is so well deserved because Layton Vanderush took a leap this year and he absolutely just looks like a polished veteran and not only that you all know I love a good leader not just on the field but off the field as well he has so much respect in that locker room and so I think Leighton Vanderesh was snubbed but uh, it's hard to do when you got Michael Parsons at linebacker too it's like true that they're gonna that that linebacker yeah but it's I true. do agree he has definitely played well this year he stepped his game up and you've Obviously, you see you need him. Like yeah. You missed him. But yep. Go yep. ahead. Get it off your chest. We know. Kelsey. We know who it is. All right. <clears throat> I cannot believe that the time has come that I am actually going to say this. But where is Brett Maher? Thank you. Where is we Brett knew. Maher? We knew. On the list. We knew. <laughs> My how the turntables. I am now upset i don't know what's going on i am just as confused as you why is brett maher brett murphy maher not on the list i have no idea if that's his middle name but it is i'm kind of curious you know what i want to say i'm like did you name your dog after brett maher if that is his middle name that would be hilarious i need to know his middle name immediately (laughs) i think that maybe it is because and this could just be me at the beginning of the year you had cooper rush in 
Brett Maher was like, you need like you, he was his he was leading the team in points a lot of the time. Of course, of games, and then since Dak's come back, he's he's kicked field goals, but it's just dropped significantly. So I wonder if maybe that had something to do with it. But the guy's been money. He's been fantastic and. It's unfortunate. I think Anger got snubbed last year, too. So yeah. they just don't like our yeah. kickers. I mean, he's here. 23 for 26, field goal percentage 88.5%. He's, you know, not that he's leading the league, but like he's doing pretty darn well. And like you mentioned, there was a point in our season uh, that, that that man his was leg. carrying the team on his back. On you his know? leg. Really. On his leg. Really, on and his leg. You know what, guys? Um, as one of his biggest, supporters. most vocal <laughs> supporters, <laughs> I have always been a Brett Maher always, fan. Always, always you tried won't find to find any receipts on Kelsey. On I'm that. upset. No. So, uh, Brady boy, I am upset for you. <laughs> I am upset with you. And I just feel like we should have thought of that one. He falls right in the category for me with the Christian McCaffrey's, the Tua's, the Justin Fields, and you know Jalen Waddles. All yeah. those guys didn't make the cut. And Brett Money Maher is on that list. And I'm upset. And I'm who just... would have thought? I mean, you go back to even training camp when the entire kicker situation was just <laughs> rampant in the headlines. And, stuff. and I, <laughs> look, I'll be the first to admit, when it came to bringing Brett Maher on, I was nervous. Sure. I was nervous because... <laughs> Look, as a Cowboys fan, you remember. You remember those things. You remember the the trauma that you're put through in certain situations. Brett Maher's name in my life at that point was like, nope, please don't do this to me again. But what I appreciate about him now is, again, we talked about yesterday, seeing it from a different perspective this season, is he has a new kind of composure, I feel. It's a very mature um, and even-keeled composure that even when you're just talking to him, he's just very, very even-keeled. And what I can appreciate about him, too, is in those high-pressure situations when he was the only person scoring points for the Dallas Cowboys at the beginning of the season, not once did you see that reaction from him. Even when he makes field goals and clutch field goals, the man barely reacts. I mean, the amount of even-killed, I guess, mannerisms that this man has is is incredible. But good for him. I'm I'm really proud to see how he's progressed through his career. Um, You want to talk about progression and and all of that and proving and saying, all right, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to show you. And that is the definition of Brett Money Maher, who does not have a middle name, by the way. Well, it's Murphy now. So need your kicker in the playoffs. I'm just saying. All right, guys. Protect his leg at all costs. We are going to take our first break and we're going to jump into some of the key matchups, specifically defensively, that we think you guys should be looking at and taking notes for come Saturday. Stay with us. We will be right back. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) 
Know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. I'm going to go ahead and entertain y'all with the best dance moves you've ever seen. Welcome back to the second segment of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by the official dating part of the Dallas Cowboys, Jigsaw Dating. Jess, lead us in. All right. Well, Dak Prescott is this year's Cowboys nominee for the 2022 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award presented by Nationwide, recognizing NFL players for outstanding community service off the field and excellence on the field. Help Dak earn a $25,000 donation to his Faith Fight Finish Foundation by voting on Twitter. You can just tweet or retweet hashtag W. P-M-O-Y challenge, followed by Dak Prescott through January 8th. So go vote Dak. All right. So um, go vote Dak, but also let's go ahead and talk about Dak and the guys this weekend. I want to break down some key matchups to watch going into this Big rivalry game, albeit it's maybe not going to matter as much to the Eagles because it's Jalen Hurts is out. He's kind of got resting the injury. They were more focused on the postseason. They're obviously on a roll. Both these two teams are in a position where they've already clinched the playoff positions. But at the same time, for the Cowboys, there are implications in terms of where their seating could be. But also, I just feel like coming off of this past weekend – there's a lot of, you know, mental implications that I think are important to focus on where they need to really get back up again, gain that momentum and continue to build some continuity as they head into the postseason. So in light of that, you know, obviously Jalen Hurts isn't playing this weekend, but the defense, I feel like for the Cowboys and Dan Quinn had themselves a solid first half last week, but then they just kind of almost imploded. And I want to know, in y'all's minds, who are some of the players and some of the key matchups from a Cowboys defense, Eagles offensive perspective that we really have to keep an eye on and really have to be locked down and consistently throughout the entire game for the Dallas Cowboys to come away with, again, again a win come Saturday. And I'll start with you, Aisha. So I... Um... Depending on what happens with the secondary, that's going to be huge. But for now, it's the defensive line. Uh, the Eagles' offensive line is definitely the strength of their I think it's the full strength of their team. They are so dominant. They have so many guys. And um, with the Cowboys' defense, if they're able to get after the quarterback, it's going to help out this secondary. I'm I like we talked about I, Dan Quinn talked about it being a, a competition so we're going to find out who he's going to roll out or whatever but to me it's going to be whoever is the two corner as we've talked about multiple times because teams are 
just going at that. That is the matchup they are going at consistently, yeah. and rightfully so. We understand whatever. If you have a new gentleman out there, they're going to test them. So that is a huge part of it, but also the defensive line and how they play, how stout they play, how they're able to get off of blocks with this Eagles offensive line that can get up on you fast. So that was that's kind of my matchup I'm looking for right now. I think for me, the matchup that is most intriguing for me in this game is the return of Dallas Goddard because he's been such a key component to this Eagles offense when he has been playing. I mean, you're talking a tight end that has such versatility within the way he plays. He can be a, a pro blocker. Yeah, he's very essential with his blocking, but vertical threat. I mean, the guy's everywhere. And so for me, um, when I talked to J-Ron Curse yesterday in the locker room, I was like, is this your guy? Is this is uh, how are you feeling? And he's feeling good, but he's also very aware of the amount of versatility that Dallas Goddard brings to this Eagles offense. And I said, well, you know, how do you how do you manage somebody so versatile, and and how do you stay focused on that? And it's all we talked about this yesterday, all where um, your eyes are, right? So Jaron really has to be um, on cue with that. He said, um, really, what he's looking to do is what Dallas Goddard looks to do is to make guys miss, so mm-hmm. he can be very quick in making guys miss so he's going to be locked in on that and something else that uh, Jaron brought to my attention is he said that uh, he's all, he's all on the screens but also the leaky yardage after contact that is something that Dallas Goddard has strengthened so very much so like we talk about um, not the same position but Tony Pollard how he pushes for those extra yards and those extra yards end up mattering mattering matter Matter? I think I think what? mattering works mattering yeah we'll go with that Can we make a word 100% okay well how it matters um Dallas Goddard is going to be key for that. So, um, J-Ron, eyes on you, my guy. Yeah, Keeping my eyes on J-Ron to see how he contains Dallas Goddard. I think that the Dallas Goddard one is a great one. You know, with that tight end position, there's, especially with this this Cowboys defense, I feel like it's a great opportunity for the Eagles in terms of a mismatch. You know, any yeah. tight end, though, really, in general, like that's kind of one of the main things that they can present because they can be that blocking. They can be that, you know, vertical threat, too. And obviously, they're just massive individuals as it stands like I remember when I first met Jason Witten like back when I was an actual just intern for the Dallas Cowboys like that was one of the most alarming humans I've ever seen in my entire (laughs) life because I was unaware of how massive he was so I would totally agree with you with the Dallas Goddard I actually think that he grew up in Texas and is a was a Cowboys fan growing up like hence like kind of the Dallas stuff I I think so but Mm. um I actually did want to talk more about you know what you brought up in terms of the D line because I feel like that's been a place where they've had some rotations and I want to get y'all's thought too because they've been having Micah line up on that DN position and I I feel like there is some some chatter at least in the utilization of him you've been able to have historically guys in this building or you know with a star in their helmet who have played that three four linebacker and then converted more into a four three I'm thinking along the lines of a DeMarcus Ware that's a great example in my mind a Clay Matthews is another guy that has you know done very similar things in his career but I'm not sure it's a hundred percent to his benefit and I say that because when you have a guy who's more of that outside linebacker position innately just body wise from a scouting perspective they're not going to be as big as your down you know 
the defensive end. So when you put them in a position like that, their bodies are going to get beat up a lot more than if they were just playing off the ball linebacker. So I'm kind of curious when you look at that defensive line, is that concerning at all to you? Because I just feel like at this part of the season, any and all players are going to be beat up a little bit. But I think we're especially starting to see the wear and tear with Micah. And for someone who's so integral to this team and this defense and the success of this team, does that worry you at all? I mean, we talk about it, like longevity yeah. with these players and preserving players. I, when you look at Michael on tape, the way he's getting chips, the way he's getting – and it's a part of the game. Nobody's complaining here. We understand that it's a part of the game. But you have to be realistic in the fact that it does wear on guys eventually. And I also want to add that, like, when you're talking about maybe him not completely staying there, you kind of need a Band-Aid at linebacker right now. Like, yeah. short week – you don't got a lot of time to change a whole bunch. Leighton went down. Like, you kind of need a Band-Aid and someone to come in, and I, I'm, I'm going to assume that he would be the quickest Band-Aid. Um, maybe that does help protect his body a little bit more. Linebackers, a lot of running, and it's it's a lot of work also. But with him, um, with him rushing from linebacker or just playing linebacker, I think we can also get back to Defense is not knowing where he's coming from, not being able to just go and chip him and or bring an extra tight end or a blocker over there to help out or whatever, or double team him. Maybe him going back to middle linebacker and situationally will help preserve him, but also make him – it may also just give the def, the offense another look again, like the way that it was before. It could be beneficial for both for schematically and also for his health as well. Yeah, and I think that's – yeah, you 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 uh, took my my longevity thing because that's always what I fall back on because it's true. I mean, you you look at Micah Parsons and you forget this is only his second year. I know that is yes. insane. You forget that because he's become such a staple and such a quick staple within this team and within this locker room. So I forget it sometimes. Like you even talk to him and and it feels like you're talking to a well seasoned veteran who's been in the locker room for ten years at this point, right? But um, the longevity does does concern me for Micah. Um, because of that competitive nature of him, he's he's not going to be somebody that's like, no, sit me down. Like I I need to sit this out. He will never do that. And uh, so per- preserving health is always number one in in my eyes. But I think as far as what Micah can bring is, I think the last couple of weeks we've seen the decline in sacks um, just from the defense overall. And I think what Micah does well is he tries to collapse that pocket and he bullies all the quarterbacks. So maybe he's not getting right right there to get the sack. But if you can get in, try to collapse the pocket, start bullying your quarterback. You have Gardner Menchu this week who isn't – I don't want to say a watered-down version of, of, um, of Jalen Hurts because he's not. Uh, he's not. But – but what the Eagles are going to have to do is, and this is anytime you have a backup quarterback and you have to take a step back from what you would do with your starting quarterback. You're not going to get the same kind of scheme. You're going to get a similar one, and it's it's just kind of a lowered version of it for logistical reasons. You have a, a backup quarterback that doesn't get every rapid practice. You don't want to hurt him. You don't want to overexert him either, right? So it's a it's a real tip-and-tap game that, that teams have to play when you put in a backup quarterback. But also, the Cowboys can use that to their advantage. Micah Parsons specifically, get in there in that pocket early, bully him early, and start showing your presence. Tip balls. I mean, little things to show your presence because, again, that is when when you can start getting um, 
you know, stop them from establishing the run. You can keep them behind the sticks. That's when the defense has the most success is when your offense that you're facing is behind the sticks. And I think that's important. Mike is just such an integral part, integral part of that. So I feel like with, with Minshew, you can obviously expect a drop off from Hertz. Right. I look at the Goddard as a matchup that you'll, he'll definitely, whenever there's like a, a big tight end in the game, I, I like to call him like the Wooby, right? Like they're kind of like the go to and in the, yeah, it, yeah exactly. Yep, like yep. that, like warm blanket that like you always lean on, right? Yep. I, I definitely think that you'll see that with the Dallas Goddard situation. I definitely look at the D line and, and kind of have some questions. But man, y'all, it's the corner for me yeah. mm-hmm. that I'm really having a hard time with. And I just, Honestly, like Kelvin Joseph, it was embarrassing. Like what he was, his performance, I mean, he should have got benched, like giving up what, like two touchdowns, 69 yards. It's just, it was just very obvious that they were attacking him and targeting him and game planning against the weakest link. And I feel like that is a solid strategy. And Minshew, while he may not be the starter, has enough experience that I feel like he would have confidence in trying to exploit something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't, man, I just don't feel feel great about it because if the guy who's in that starting role is already being attacked, you know, and, and, and being taken out of the game both from a literal perspective and from the perspective of, like, the defense going after you, or I'm sorry, the offense going after you, what do you have behind you that's going to be better than what you put in the game? Like, it's just kind of like logic. So I just feel very uneasy about that. I know historically the Cowboys have always had a bit of an issue at corner, but I feel like we've had people who, you know, I don't think we respected the Anthony Browns (laughs) and and gave them the credit they deserved, at least in terms of being solid players. Mm -hmm. And now it kind of is becoming a bit of a sore thumb where I'm looking at the on 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 tape and I don't feel good about what that looks like especially this late in the season yeah I mean you don't have a lot of options of guys they've brought in quite a few guys Sheffield Sheffield McKenzie Mullins they brought in some veteran guys who have had tenure in this game um I don't both of them I think two of them weren't able to even uh be elevated if I'm not mistaken last game so you know Dan Quinn talked about hey, there, this is a competition. So that's what I'm looking for in this game to see if who's going to line up there, how that changes things. <laughs> and quite honestly, at this point, I'm just waiting for some, just, somebody has to be out there that's going to make the quarterback just look off there. Like Because what's happening is that the quarterback is literally just dropping into doing their drop and they're like, eh, there it is. It's not even – half the time they're not even going through their other reads. So at this point – I'm hoping that DQ can formulate some stuff and maybe find a guy that at least makes defenses think twice. And this defensive line, like we talked about with the pressures, they're also missing coverage sacks as well. But I will say that when the Cowboys played Philly last game, they sacked Jalen Hurts four times. Mm-hmm. So there's there is opportunity there. There's opportunity there. And I also think the Cowboys offensive line is better this time. I know we'll get into that. Um, we will get into that here in the next break. But um, speaking of Christmas and Christmas movies and quotes that Kelsey Charles likes to repeat on the regular, um, the Grinch movie where he's like, hate, hate, loathe entirely. Jess just gave me a nice little report. Um, the injury report did come out today and officially counters Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs with an illness was reported uh, as a potential questionable for Saturday versus the Eagles. 
uh, Michael Parsons, illness, Jake Ferguson, concussion, Dorrance Armstrong, knee are also questionable. And Leighton Vander Esch is ruled out. So I don't see Trayvon Day's not, not like yeah. personally. Just, he's most of the guys that have been ill uh, this last couple of weeks. It sounds like something's going around. Uh, we'll see if he toughs it through it. This is a big game. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Let me yeah. just say this: like vitamin C shots, go to your your local like med spa. Emergency. Get yep. the, get the wellness shots. Mm-hmm. They will save your life, everyone. Oof, As someone who travels regularly. Yeah. Actually, I didn't know nothing about that. Oh yeah, it's like they do it in your hip, and it will change your life. It's like thirty bucks. It's great. I was looking to uh, at the Eagles. Um, practice report too and so uh the only two rolled out obviously quarterback jalen hurts and then tight end tyree jackson also rolled out uh rolled as questionable as wide receiver zach pascal so other than that those are the only game statuses uh, that we know on the eagle side of things but um all of the guys that we talked about um yesterday having those limited reps or not participating due to just resting most of them all full participants today. So again, that was just they're healthy. Yeah, yeah. they're they're trying to preserve health. They're so. healthy. They're kind of they kind of how are how the Cowboys were. Well, besides obviously dealing with Jalen, but they're about this time last year. The, we were like Cowboys are healthy. Everything's coming together. Well, they, they're same thing except for their quarterback right now. So. Mm. Well, um, let's go ahead and dive into the other side of the ball in terms of matchups. And, you know, I might just slander that bird team, and then I know you have some pass interference for us, Jess. So go ahead and stay with us. We're going to go ahead and take our final break. Slander that bird team. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. With Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar, you no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups, so you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Go Jess. Uh, oh, <laughs> welcome back. Okay, uh, let's talk the NFL fan of the year because James Wright is your 2022 Cowboys fan of the year. James brings the spice to every Dallas Cowboys game, and now he needs your help to help him take him to the Super Bowl. Uh, vote for James to be given the ultimate title of the NFL fan of the year presented by Captain Morgan by casting your vote at NFL.com slash fan of the year. Go help our guy James out. He 
deserves it. All right. Cowboys fans. So help me out, guys, as I prepare to hopefully watch the Dallas Cowboys beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I want to talk the other side of the ball here and what Dak Prescott and this Cowboys offense has to do. Listen, uh, I think we all know that the interceptions is something that really has to get cleaned up. And I mean, I think they're saying all the right things. They're taking accountability for their actions. Am I still concerned? Yes. But I'd love to hear, you know, matchups that you guys are looking at in terms of this Cowboys offense exploiting this Philadelphia defense. I'll start with you, Aisha, and what you've got on your list. Oh, I was looking at uh I was looking at last game just how physical, how physical Chicago played Philly and it threw them off their dime a bit. They they struggled mm-hmm. to fight through that. And when you look at when the last time the Cowboys played um played the Eagles, the Cowboys ran the ball effectively. Uh Ezekiel Elliott averaged six point two yards a carry. He had Not thirteen bad. Yeah, because, you know, he, he that's another thing. Like, Zeke, it's something about Philly that it gets inside of him, and you can see how he's running the ball. Yep. Um, I also feel with the addition of Ty- uh, Tyron Smith at right tackle, your offensive line. It's still so weird for me to say. Still weird. <laughs> but at this point in time in the season, I venture to say you feel better about your offensive line than you first did. We were still very unsure at that time. So, this Cowboys, this Cowboys offense, I'm hoping, comes out and runs the ball and runs the ball physically right at these guys. They have some linebackers that can fly. But CeeDee Lamb also had success against them the last time they played, which was, um, if I'm not mistaken, I, I was that thrown off by the fact that they were able to pass the ball. But Kellen Moore found success with the tight ends last game. This was, I don't know if you guys remember, but this was Peyton Hendershots and Ferg's kind of coming out game mm-hmm. when they played Philly last time. So I'm wondering if they're still going to see that, <laughs> yeah, their, their breakout game. Um, I wonder if they're going to, if we're going to see some of the tight ends getting involved again and also Dalton Schultz in play. Yep. So with their secondary being so stingy the way that it is, hoping that the, the Cowboys come out and run the ball effectively and also get the tight end uses in, but CeeDee Lamb's not afraid of these guys, and when he got one-on-one matchups, he made them pay, and I want to see it again. I'm laughing at the the tight ends because I was thinking about their nicknames that they had, like Mary-Kate and Ashley. Oh, and like, Mary-Kate. Yeah, that's literally where my mind was going. Like, I was like not laughing at the concept. I was just more laughing at what their nicknames were. So anyway, sorry just to cut you off. No, you're good. You're good. Um, what I'm keeping an eye on is the Eagles' D-line because they came at – Poor Justin Fields. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, yeah. They had six sacks last week, and uh, each of these guys had two sacks last week. Josh Sweat had two. Javon Hardgrave had two. And Hassan Reddick all had two sacks last week. That was just in one week. Six sacks in one week, which, you know, does – as a spoiled Cowboys fanatic, right, with with your de- with your defense, you're like, ah, oh, that's nothing. But that's big. That's big. So what I'm looking for specifically within this game is the offensive line to have that continuity really established after last week um, with Tyron back in and, you know, maybe Jason Peters as the swing tackle there. But I want to see that continuity because you're going to need it for this game. With this D-line that's going to go rushing at Dak Prescott, you need the continuity there. You need that physicality and you need to be clean with it. That mental focus needs to be absolutely on um, – that's what I'm looking for because um, there was there was a little bit of leakage at, at uh, last week against the Jags, two sacks I believe on Dak Prescott. So yep. what I want to see is that just being cleaned up because I don't want 
anyone near Dak. Nobody is allowed near near Dak uh, unless it's Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard grabbing that ball. I don't want anybody near him um, because this D-line will rush at you. You have uh, a veteran D-line, really, when you're looking at Philly. And so um, something that I did think was interesting was um, I broke down how many sacks um, these veteran D-linemen in uh, Philly have against Dallas. And so, um, let's see, you have... That last game. You have Javon Hardgrave, who has two career sacks against Dallas. Uh, in total in his career, he has 10. Uh, let's see, you have Fletcher Cox, who, let's see, he has a total of six sacks. He has 5.5, or six sacks this season, but 5.5 career sacks against Dallas. So, notoriously, again, this goes back to this rivalry just being a game that everyone plays a little bit harder for. Sure. It's Philly, you know, you I didn't even want to wear green in this building uh, this week for that reason. but Absolutely it's, not. It's one of those things I where— I better not catch y'all wearing green at all this week. I don't care if it's Christmas week. Conve- confession. Don't do it. I wore green last night, but no, that's because I had to wear— I, I worked for the Stars game last night, so mm. Stars are green. You have to. Mm. She's struggling. You have Triggered. to. But— my point is they're going to play harder, and that goes for Philly too. So everyone needs to come in and protect your quarterback because they're going to try to get in that pocket. They're going to try to collapse that pocket, and they're going to try to exploit. Personally, I think Tyler Smith. I think that's who they're going to try to exploit Absolutely. a little bit. Absolutely. I wouldn't and go at the right side. Yep. No way.